0: Hey there, and welcome to the Switching Majors podcast. I'm your host, Mary Ellen Passanello, and welcome to episode seven. How the hell do I write a cover letter? Hey guys, it's Mary Ellen, and on today's episode, episode 7, we are getting into cover letters. So on episode 6, we covered how the hell you look for a job, how the hell you get a job, and the reason that I didn't do cover letters before that episode is because they kind of suck. And I gotta be honest, with a lot of more contemporary and progressive employers, they're really falling away from the necessary documents that you submit when you do an application. So yes, I can tell you that there are some employers that do not require cover letters anymore. I think I applied to a job at Roku where they did not need a cover letter from me. So that's awesome. Um, We're definitely headed in the right direction. But for now, some companies do still require them. So in this episode, we're going to dig into how you structure a cover letter and what you add into it. I just want to disclaim, I hate cover letters. I think that they're so annoying. I never know what to write. I never know if I should be catering it specifically for that job or not, because writing that much of a letter really takes a lot of time. And does anybody actually read it? I don't know. As a hiring manager, I can tell you that for the people that I've interviewed, I have never seen a cover letter. Like, I don't know if HR is just hoarding them or (laughs) if they're keeping them in like a permanent file or if they're even looking at them, but as a hiring manager, I have never seen a cover letter and that is why I really hate this necessary evil that we're about to unpack. So in my mind, I actually like to think that there are two types of cover letters. One is the informal email and the other is the formal cover letter that you need to submit online with your application to a job. So let's do the email one first. The email type cover letter is used when you are asking for that referral. Or when someone reaches out to you and says, hey, Mary Ellen, send me your resume. We have a great opportunity at the company. Whether you know this person very well or not, I don't care. If you just attach your resume with barely any body to that email, I'm going to lose my shit. Like, please don't do that. That That is just so, so difficult on the person receiving that email. So let's do a tangible example of this. I've been mentoring a young woman who just graduated NYU, her name is Sasha. She graduated in May of 2020, and she recently just started her first job at CBS Viacom within their direct response ad sales team. Yay, Sasha. Anyway, um, so she and I are so, so close that we text a lot of the time. And that is a relationship that she's worked on, I've worked on, and has developed. So these text messages are totally normal for us at this point. A text message from Sasha to me might read something along the lines of, OMG, MEP, Discovery has a coordinator role open. You gotta get me into that joint. Please, 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 I'll buy you beer. Also, have I mentioned how pretty you are? I'll email you now. Thank you so much. And then if I see something open for her, I might write to her or text her and say, hey, yo, chica, I might have an opening for you. Send me your resume like you're in the damn Indy 500. Do it ASAP, XOXO, smiley face emoji. (laughs) So I know that that example is a little much, but I'm trying to make a point. Regardless of how casual Sasha and I are on text message, she knows that under no circumstances is she going to write me an email that is one line long with the text of, here's my resume, period. And I've worked with Sasha so much that the girl knows her fucking shit. So this is how she does it is in the subject line of the email that she is going to write to me, whether for a job that she found on her own or a job that I wanna refer her for, she is going to write, subject line, candidate for consideration, colon, followed by her name. In the body of her email, she is going to write something along the lines of, hi, Mary Ellen, I hope you're doing well since we last connected. I recently saw this post on Discovery's job site, and I wanted to reach out to alert you of my application. She's going to include the title of the job, and then she's going to hyperlink the job posting to the job title that she wrote out in her email. I'll give you guys a hint. That makes our emails look professional as fuck. Then she's going to also attach her resume to this email. She might also include a small paragraph that is one or two sentences about why she would be good for this role. And then finally, she would conclude the email with something along the lines of, Might you be able to pass my email along to the hiring manager for this role or to HR? And then she would say something like, Thanks so much. Maybe she would add a, Let's get together soon. She would sign her email like, best Sasha. She would make sure that her email signature has her cell phone and any pertinent information that she deems necessary in it, and then she would hit send. So in this email, Sasha has done a couple of things without blatantly doing it. She has represented her writing skills in a more casual yet professional email, quote unquote, cover letter, She has shown that her and I have a pre-existing relationship, so I can vouch for this referral. She's explained why she's going to be a good fit for the role. And most importantly, she has constructed an email that I can forward directly to my HR person or contact, knowing that the contents of that email are professional and appropriate. An email like this honestly makes my life so much easier. So if we're keeping with this same analogy, what I would do from there is I would read Sasha's email. I would be like, oh, this is like totally fine. I don't need to change anything. I don't need to explain anything. And then I would forward that email over to my guy at Discovery, Justin, who's super dope, super awesome. Can't wait to tell him about this podcast and helps me try to navigate all of the referrals that I do within the company. So I would just email him and say, hey, Justin, can we consider Sasha? See below. Best, Mary Ellen. So what Sasha has done is she's taken all of the legwork off of me and she's made it low effort for me to actually get her resume in the hands of the person that it belongs to. So I really advise this and I think that it should be normalized that anytime that you send your resume to anyone, there is context as to why you are sending it what you are looking for, and ha- like a professional representation of yourself, so that if you do end up sending it to a third party person, like Sasha's done in this example, you're not killing me with extra work. So, now let's discuss those formal cover letters that are required in a lot of job applications. These are still mandatory for some job application sites. And while more modern and contemporary companies, as I said, might not require them, the the problem is, is that if you are in the midst of an application that requires a cover letter and you don't submit a cover letter document, then the algorithm of that system might mark your application as incomplete once you submit it or even prevent you from submitting the application if you don't have a file uploaded into that section. It's like it's like a whole thing. I but really like we don't want you guys to get to a point where your application isn't being considered, so we're just going to fucking write a cover letter. Now, if you are applying to a lot of jobs at a lot of different companies, just like you should be, you're probably going to be reusing this cover letter in one way or another as you go through your job applications. So this is the big disclaimer. This is the moment in the podcast to remind you guys to double check the company names, addresses, and job titles that you put into this cover letter if you are using it for multiple companies. I'm not here to lie to you. I'm also not here to sit on a high horse. When I was 20 years old and I was applying for jobs, I think I wrote out in my cover letter that I was interested in a job at Paramount. And then I sent the job cover letter to Sony. (laughs) so listen it happens to the best of us you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off but remember if you can try to avoid mistakes that's what we want to do here okay so actually the way that I start my cover letters is I kind of make like a stationery within Microsoft Word and I do that by going into my resume in my table format and I copy and paste the first two rows of my resume into a blank Microsoft Word document to make my cover letter. So. If that was a little confusing, all I'm basically doing is I am stylizing my name, my cell phone number, my email address, and my professional website or LinkedIn account at the top of the document so that it looks just a little bit more concise with my other materials and a bit more professional. So as you move down the letter, let's remember that it is just that. A letter so typically when you are writing a business letter you need to include the company that you are writing to and the address of said company it's archaic I know you're clearly not mailing this thing via USPS so the way that I handle this is if I am applying to HBO I write HBO and then I google HBO offices New York City and whatever address comes up there I put it in the cover letter. We do want to be updating these addresses depending on the job that we are applying to because naturally if the job that you're applying to is in Burbank for HBO that's a different company address. This is just in my mind a little nuance that shows a nod to the fact that this is a fresh cover letter for the job that you are applying to in the city that you're applying to. And another way that we can also nod to the cover letter's individuality is by including a date, which I also do. So I will date all of my letters. You should be dating a letter. But I also want to make sure that the date on that cover letter matches the date of my application. So this is doing two things. One, it's telling whoever receives that letter that I applied with a letter that I quote unquote drafted that day and it also challenges me to go into every cover letter draft that I have, spot check it to make sure that I'm writing to the correct company and the the correct job posting and then redate it to the most current date so that I stay on top of my shit. Does anyone actually pay attention to where you're addressing this letter or the date on this letter? Again, I have no clue however we are not going to compromise anything with these applications so if you have a room within your application where someone could pass judgment on something we are making sure that our game is on point to avoid that at all costs. Now we're ready to actually start writing our cover letter and if you do a quick google search on how to write a cover letter and if you look at various articles about it there is a lot of opinion about using the phrase to whom it may concern. A lot of career coaches advise that you should be addressing your cover letter to the hiring manager specifically but I have a couple problems with this because if you're applying to a job site, HR is not only protecting the identity of the hiring manager, but they're also protecting the identity of themselves. And you're literally submitting this cover letter into a like black hole of resumes. Not to discourage, but that's what it is. So I know that this isn't normally advised, but it's the best that we can do to whom it may concern is gender and pronoun inclusive. And we do not know the name of the person that is going to be reviewing this letter. We just don't. So I respect everybody who is a career coach on LinkedIn saying that you should personalize these letters. But when you're applying to a job site, I don't know how you would do that. We personalize where we can, just like Sasha did in the earlier example in this episode. But For now, To Whom It May Concern is okay in my book. So then the letter is going to consist of an intro, one to three paragraphs, and a final call-to-action sentence. In the intro, you do need to state who the hell you are and what the hell you want, just like any time you introduce yourself to someone that doesn't know you. I also like to use the introductory paragraph Or sentence or two as the place where I formally request to be considered for the position. I make sure to include the name of the company, I include the name of the position, and I sometimes go as far as bolding the position title so they know exactly which job this letter is in reference to, especially if I've put in multiple applications at the same company. Moving on to paragraph one, I like to frame this as what I do now. So for those of you about to graduate, it could be your last internship, it could be how you were involved on campus, but you want to make it the most current experience. For those of you already working, it's the job that you have now. And throughout this entire cover letter, telling a story is very important. But remember, we already did a lot of legwork on our resumes describing our most current opportunity. So Telling the story here in a different way, or even reusing some of your terminology is a pretty easy task because you already did it essentially. Then moving to paragraph two, we wanna start with, why this job, why this company, and why you are a good fit. You're going to use your previous experience to draw parallels to what was written in the job description that you are applying for. So just like in the NBC example from the last episode, that job really needed a lot of HTML experience. And in the second paragraph is where you say that you have it, you know it, and you can do a good job coming into this role. Paragraph three might be something that you don't exactly use just yet. If you are about to graduate looking for your first job or in an entry level of your career, paragraph three is used to explain any extras. So sure, of course you could say that you are a great employee because you volunteer I had used paragraph three to explain about my MBA and my mentoring. It can also paint a picture of the person that you are, and that's all well and good if it fits to the tone that you've already established in the first and second paragraphs. But really, when I say that it's for later on in life, this is where you explain gap years, it's where you say anything that you feel needs to be said, such as relocating for the job you want, or, you know, what have you. And then finally, we're going to end this letter with a very direct call to action. We are going to reinforce the want to be with the company, and we are going to encourage scheduling and communication regarding a future interview. You are basically inviting HR to take further steps in hiring you. And you want to be very direct here because remember, like we talked about with the thank you notes, letters are very hard to respond to if they don't directly say, can you do this for me in the future or pose a direct question. So now some don'ts. I have tried very hard in my corporate life to phase out the word love in my professional correspondence. It's like such a chick move. I'm the whitest girl you'll ever meet in your life. But when you say, I would love this job, I would love this opportunity, it adds fluff to what you're saying and isn't the most professional way that you could phrase that. So let's cut out love. Then if you are a recent graduate or even going for that second job, please don't use the word learn. Learning is for college. Working is for working. So while I personally wouldn't totally dismiss a cover letter because someone says that they want to learn everything they can in their new opportunity, I know hiring managers that hate that. So let's just avoid it at all costs. Remember, we also want to talk here in percentages. We are going to be very careful in our cover letters, just like we were in our resumes, to not release any proprietary company information for the company that we're currently working for. So when we write our cover letters, we are talking in percentages, and we're saying things like increased by 13% or increased threefold. Hopefully by now you all are noticing the theme of one page with your application materials, and that is what we should aim for with the cover letter. But just because we have a limit of one page doesn't mean that this cover letter can't be short. We want to make sure that we allow ourselves the paragraphs that we need to, but that those paragraphs maybe aren't run-ons or super long. We want to be sure that we are condensing our thoughts when we write a cover letter. You can even use bullets if you feel like it better represents what you're trying to say, but I just wouldn't overdo it. I would maybe cap it around three. You want to always lead with and highlight what you can do. Don't go into anything that you can't do. That's going to be a turnoff to the hiring manager. We want to make sure that the size of the font is about 10 to 12. It is okay for this document to be single-spaced if your paragraphs are shorter. And if you need a suggestion on what font to use, it should be the same as your resume. Like if your resume is Helvetica, then use Helvetica on your cover letter as well. Remember that our tone is going to be professional, friendly, and enthusiastic the letter itself is going to be relevant, personal, and concise. I should not have to say to you guys to check for typos, grammar, or spelling errors. Like, please make sure that those are not in there. And of course, I'm not coming from a place of arrogance. I've done it before. That's why I'm reinforcing it with you. And then finally, and Most importantly, just like our resume, just because this document is a letter, it does not need our personal address on it. So let's not include that. Usually when I have a cover letter draft, in my Microsoft Word document, I go in and highlight name of company and I actually write that and then I highlight it in yellow and name of job and I write that and I highlight it in yellow. And typically, these cover letters, I'm kind of going for the same job, but at an array of different companies, so I can recycle them. It's not like the most advised tactic, but I'm also not going to lie to you. And then from that Microsoft Word document, every time I want to apply for a job, I go in, I remove the yellow highlighting, and I customize the name of the company and the job position. And then I reread it, I double check it, triple check it, and then when I am ready to submit this document, I save it as a PDF, and my naming convention is Pessinello, cover letter, the date, so the month and the year, and then whatever company it is for. Remember, this naming convention is so important because we don't want to accidentally attach a cover letter for CBS when we're applying to a job at NBC. I over here have made that mistake enough for everybody listening. (laughs) So that's really much all I have for you guys here. I mean, I know this was probably the shortest episode that I've recorded, but I wouldn't put too much stress on your cover letters. I think that there is a way to be brief, concise, and to really represent yourself thoroughly and professionally with a very short letter. It's almost easier if you are graduating college because everybody knows where you stand and what you're doing. If you are looking for that second job, Let's not even mention why we want to leave our present job. Let's keep it positive. Let's keep it forward thinking. And let's really highlight ourselves here. All right. So thanks, guys. This was episode seven of Switching Majors. My name again is Mary Ellen Passanello. You can hit me up on maryellenpassanello.com and DM me, ask me questions. I'm here for you. I really want to help you guys launch your careers. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, this has been Switching Majors.